Good morning to you all. Thank you for joining us. I pray that you'll be blessed as we meditate on his word together today. The theme of our talk this morning is, can I get a witness? I think you would agree that before we witness to others, we of course must walk in the experience of our redemption personally. We have to have faith in the power of God for ourselves. Redemption has absolutely become our daily experience. We walk continually in the revelation of the victory of the cross and what Jesus has accomplished for us. The day we came to him, we actually experienced Jesus, experienced his forgiveness and his overflowing grace. It wasn't just a mere belief or a creed. We experienced him. Yes, we have a witness. As many of you know, we are studying at the moment in our Zoom weeknight meetings the wonderful subject of his second coming. It's a fascinating study. And as we go through this, we realize there is so much we don't know. However, we're getting re-excited, if you like, about the fact that he is coming again. Hallelujah. And he's going to come and bring his church unto himself. And that indeed the church, his bride, will rule and reign with him in the age to come. Now, I strongly believe that before he comes for his church, he's going to come into his church in a new way. Ways we have never experienced before. We watched a video a few weeks ago in our prayer meeting on the Azusa Street Revival, where it has been documented that, documented that hundreds and hundreds of people were physically healed and the types of healing were literally over the top. For example, body parts being recreated, blind eyes being created where there weren't even any eye sockets, arms growing where there had been no arms. These are historical facts, not made up stories for sensationalism. It was prophesied during that time by many different people that a hundred or so years from that time another great revival would come and that it would last until the coming of the Lord. That word which came all that time ago is even now sizzling in my spirit and I feel the wonderful pressure of it. It's going to happen. Yes, he is going to come into his church in a new way. In Matthew 24, where we have been studying, we read about the signs of his coming. My attention has been focused especially on one verse in that chapter, and it's verse 14. This good news of the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world as a testimony or witness to all the nations, and then the end of the age will come. So let's look into what it means to take the gospel of the kingdom to the nations as a witness. I think you will agree with me today that as we read and digest the Word of God, we discover that many times concepts or things we have felt we have known and held to have to be amended so that the Lord can give us fresh revelation. My prayer these days especially is help me help your church to learn and yes relearn and very often unlearn and that's often the hardest part but needful so that we can be propelled into what the Lord is saying and doing today. He doesn't change. He is the same yesterday, today and forever. And the fundamental truths will always remain. We continue to build on that sure foundation. But his revelation is always progressive. There's always more to know about his character and his ways. So in our text today, the key word, I believe, is witness. 
I'm wondering if we have given this word witness too shallow a meaning. We know that through our witnessing, we can bring others to the Lord by sharing our testimony of what the Lord has done for us. And of course, that's true, and it's wonderful. In fact, it's the greatest miracle of all when we are able to lead people to Him. For example, one of our young women who attends our discipleship group led her uncle to Jesus recently. He only had a short time to live as he was terminal. She had tried to speak to him about Jesus many times. However, he had been totally against hearing anything from her, even regarding her witness of what the Lord had done in her life. However, we began to pray in our group for her to have an opportunity to go to him and lead him to Jesus. And indeed, the door opened. She was allowed to see him, and she wonderfully led him to Jesus. In fact, he was receptive and eager to be led to the Lord. He died just a few days after he had found faith. Hallelujah! That is the gospel in operation. However, I'm coming to believe that this word witness has an even larger and deeper meaning that Holy Spirit wants to take us into in these days. One that will be so wonderful that we will not only see one or two come into the kingdom, but in droves, literally multitudes. This is what I live for in this day, seeing hundreds upon hundreds come running into his kingdom. In the Old Testament, God wanted his people Israel to be a witness of him to the nations around them. Isaiah 43 verse 10, you are my witnesses, declares the Lord. As we know though, they would not, they rebelled. God in fact called them a stiff-necked people. Now in the New Testament, under the better covenant, through Jesus no longer are his witnesses a physical nation, but his witnesses, and that's us my friends, are dispersed among the nations of the world. His church now, his new covenant people, dispersed among the nations, are to be the ones sharing the good news, drawing people's attention to the risen Son, the Son of Righteousness, who in fact is still rising in glory today through his true church. This is where I want to camp for a few minutes this morning. I want to encourage you as to what our calling is. First of all, let's establish together this morning as to what the gospel actually is that we are to take and proclaim. What are we in fact witnessing to others? This question needs to be answered. Why? Because I think we are seeing that so many things today are coming under the heading of the gospel, when in fact have nothing to do with the gospel. There is an adding to and a subtracting from the purity and truth of the gospel. The Apostle Paul said it succinctly, twice actually, once in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 23. But we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling rock to the Jews and foolishness to the Gentiles, then again in chapter 2 verse 2 he says for I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus and him crucified let me say forcibly this morning the cross is the message the blood of Jesus is the only victory over sin Jesus alone is still the healer the sanctifier the one who has justified us and has brought us back into relationship with Father God. Nothing has changed. This is still the gospel for all of mankind. This is the power of the cross. 
let us never endeavor to try and add to the gospel. It may be that, for example, we would like to see society adhering to Christian principles and might endeavor to crusade to get laws changed. You know, however good that may sound, men and women's hearts can only be changed, truly Christianized for eternity through the power of the cross, not by forced rules and regulations. Changing laws is not the gospel. The gospel is simple. God is love. He loved so much that he sent his son, his only son, to die for us. And by that sacrifice, he set mankind free. It is only by humanity accepting the way of the cross, repenting of the past, experiencing his forgiveness and his wonderful grace that people's hearts will be changed permanently. There is still time to come to the cross and find him. Yes, we are living in the epoch of his grace today is the day of salvation. This is our witness. Now I'm going to share with you what I, in fact, I have already shared in one of our prayer meetings. I firmly believe it has much to do with our ability to be a true witness to the world. I want to take you back into the Old Testament and see how Moses became desperate for more of God. You can read this in Exodus 33. The phrase that catches our attention every time we read this portion is when Moses calls out to the Lord, show me your glory. He's pleading with God, don't take me up from here unless I see your glory. He also says, how will the nations around us see we are yours if your glory doesn't go with us? In other words, he is saying to God, what kind of witness do we have to other nations without your glory? First, let's get some, let's get some facts straight here. Moses is not a stranger to the glory of God. We read also in this chapter how it was his habit to enter into the tent of meeting outside the camp. It was a holy place. Every time he entered, the cloud of God's glory would come. The people would see it. And so awesome was the sight that they would voluntarily bow and worship. God said, I meet with Moses as a man would meet with a friend face to face. Now that's wonderful in itself. However, when Moses makes the request for more of God's glory, God says to him, you cannot see my face, otherwise you will not live. But come, I will hide you in the cleft of a rock and you will see my goodness pass by. Now the question that came to me, having read this chapter so many times previously was, hadn't he already seen God in the tent of meeting face to face? Remember as we quoted God saying, with Moses I speak face to face. Well, here's the thing. God spoke to him, yes, face to face, but veiled in the cloud. There was still a veil. I see this as a foreshadowing of when Jesus took the sin of the whole world on himself. And when he said, it is finished, the work of sacrifice was complete. And the veil of the temple was torn from top to bottom. Hallelujah. Now the way had been opened to fit for face-to-face -face relationship for all succeeding generations. No more veil. Those who would come to the Lord could now be participators in his glory. On the Mount of Transfiguration, we see that Moses was also present on that awesome day. And a cloud of glory came and settled on them, and a voice from heaven saying, This is my Son, in whom I am delighted and well pleased. And now listen to this. Moses now saw, for the first time, God's unveiled face in the face of Jesus. The writer to the Hebrews says this, Jesus is the exact representation, the brilliance of the Father's glory. Moses was experiencing 
thing, a face-to-face -face at that moment on the mountain. Jesus said, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. Moses had to wait for 1,500 years, but was there that day to see the face of God. I am so awestruck by that revelation. I pray you are also. Now let's remember, Moses was no stranger to signs and wonders. Think of all the acts that were done by him in front of Pharaoh. Also signs in the wilderness, the Red Sea being parted, water out of a rock, and many more. Yet this is not enough for Moses. He is desperate for more of God, crying out, Lord, I can't go on until I see your glory. So signs and wonders were not the epitome of what Moses desired. He desired God himself. So we are faced with this penetrating question. Do we want him more than signs and wonders? Do we want him more than revival? Do we want to see his glory more than all the other benefits that we so often pray for? I believe, my friends, today this is absolutely has to be our heart. The wonderful thing is that all these other things will become our experience anyway as we first seek him for a yet closer deeper relationship. Let's be desperate for him first, just because of who he is. Let's seek his face, not just his hand. Now let's get to the witness part. I have seen very clearly in these last few weeks that our witness to the world has to be upgraded. Now this is not about putting more of a burden on us. In fact, I see it as a releasing, actually, of any preconceived idea of having to reach the lost at all cost and the disappointment we may feel if we are seemingly doing our best, yet are not always successful. Let me explain what I feel the Holy Spirit is saying. Come with me quickly to the upper room. In the second chapter of Acts, even though the disciples had been with him for three years, they had listened to his teaching, shared life with him on a daily basis. Yet even as they came down from the Mount of Transfiguration, some of the disciples who had remained were confronted with the deliverance of a young boy possessed by an evil spirit and were unable to do anything for him. Now before Jesus ascended back to the Father, he told them to go and wait so that they would be endued or clothed upon with the Holy Spirit. And they did. They didn't know what exactly they were waiting for, but I have a strong feeling that they knew they needed more than what they had up to that moment. And as we know, they got what they needed. Hallelujah. They got the fire of his glory. They immediately went out with that fire and started to speak it out. But what they were speaking now had a completely different sound to it. Can I suggest to you that it was the cutting edge of the glory of the risen sun. Now the scent, Holy Spirit, was speaking through them, not just from time to time, no. Now they had been taken over by the Holy Spirit. They became full of and controlled by Holy Spirit. They had indeed been shown and had experienced His glory through His Holy Spirit. The church was birthed and thousands began to flood into the kingdom of God. Signs and wonders were plentiful. This became their extraordinary witness. Look, even Peter's shadow was now healing the sick. The shadow, if you like, was God's glory cloud, but in a new way. Now, no veil, nothing between. They had truly become participators in God's glory. 
There had been a transformation. This was now their witness. Now they absolutely believed in the power of God. There was no more trying to cast out the demonic and failing to do so. This was now a daily occurrence and it happened without putting them on a pedestal of human showcasing. We don't read of them saying, here we come, God's mighty apostles. No, they walked and worked humbly in the very glory of God. There was no pride here. They knew they were totally dependent on the glory and the fire they had experienced. No doubt remembering what it was like to witness before the glory and how much greater their witness was after the holy fire fell on them. If there's one thing I want to leave you with today, it's this. We can also walk in this same glory. And in fact, as the Apostle Paul says, we can go from glory to glory. It's not an effort. It's not something we have to earn by trying to be, trying to be extra holy or extra good. No, it only calls for desperation, a holy desperation. Lord, show me your glory. I'm desperate to see your glory being released on the earth. I'm desperate to see men and women come running to you. I'm desperate to see society being changed from one of hatred and prejudice to one of your redemptive love. I'm desperate for you. Show me your glory. Show us your glory so that the nations, the people even in our cities will know that we are yours, that you are indeed with us, that we are people who your fire has settled and remained on so that they will see you shining out of us and be totally attracted to your glory. Are we feeling the same deep yearning? Are we saying as Moses did, we cannot go up from here without your glory. We want our witness to be a witness of your glory so that others will hear and see how great a God you are. Will you join with me in prayer this morning? If what I've shared with you is what's in your heart, if you are desperate for more of his glory to be seen and be displayed through you, Let's ask today for a fresh outpouring of his holy fire to come upon us so we can be those extraordinary witnesses to others of our glorious God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we repeat the words of your servant Moses today. Lord, show us your glory. Jesus, we long to be your extraordinary witnesses. We declare today that we want to run with the purity of the gospel of the kingdom. We want above all else to see the multitude start to run into your kingdom. We want to make you famous in our communities. We want to be recipients of your glory. We know that this will happen as we become increasingly desperate for more of you and less of us. Like the early church, we want the fire of your glory to settle on us so that every word we speak will be charged with the dunamis of Holy Spirit. We want to be completely caught up with your glory. We want to be your glory displaying people. We want to humble ourselves today before you so that we can be your trusted ones. We ask that you glorify yourself in us as we passionately pursue you wholeheartedly in these going forward days. Extraordinary witnesses, may it be to us, Lord, according to your word. Amen. May you experience his glory in a yet even greater way this coming week. God bless you, and remember, you are loved. <laughs>